on, rise and shine. Dad's waiting outside in the car. It's all packed. Hi, Flo. Hi. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's going to be a great year. Yeah. Okay, Takashi, what do you got? Well, I think I have a thrush. What the f*** is a thrush? A thrush. Oh, well, see, I got two sevens, and two sevens beats a thrush. Oh, oh, thank you. What are you looking at, nerd? Huh? I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. If any of you guys got dates besides Gilbert, I do. Yeah, but that's with a guy. What about you, Booger? I've been out combing the high schools all day. Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Macbassunas. How's everybody doing today? I am doing terrible, but it's great to be back on STL. What's up, Jameson? How are you doing, sir? I'm doing terrific. Dude, it's great to hear your voice again. As you can tell, my voice is terrible. But because I love STL fans, I got to pull through and do this episode. Because me and you, sir, we get very limited time to be together. And, and the heavens have called and said we need to get together today. And that's what I'm doing, man. I'm pulling through it, fool. You got to fight through it. Heck yeah. So how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm <laughs> I'm on some drugs that have me feeling terrific right now. Oh, man. I'm so excited, sir. <laughs> me too. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. So if I do any coughing, people, please forgive me. Uh, I may not edit that out because I'm lazy today, but uh, I am very, I'm very excited to get together. Because, sir, I haven't talked to you in like almost a week, man. I sent you like one text, and I haven't heard from you in a week. So I don't know what your problem is, but whatever. Got a lot of stuff going on. I got no time. I guess, man. <laughs> so how you been sir tell me how's life treating you what's up when what's up with things oh uh, life is wonderful man life is great yeah got to got to see a, a guy fall on his face today <laughs> on the way home that was that brought my spirits up dude tell me about that story guys it never <laughs> so, gets old i was sitting at the stoplight on the way home right before this recording and uh here comes this skater down our our kind of big man drag state street and uh, he comes flying down and didn't see this hose that was stretched across the road and the skateboard hit it and he flew landed on his face <laughs> and i started laughing loudly and forgot my window was down and he looks glared over at me i'm like what are you gonna do man <laughs> oh you you had a great time and i got pissed because uh my car is a buick regal so when I bought the car, one window wouldn't go down. So last summer, my passenger window, when I went down, you heard the snap. So like the wire broke. So now I have to use things to hold up the window. Oh, that so, is the that is the hallmark of a Buick. Yeah. I just got rid of my Buick where two of the four windows worked. And guess what? My third window just broke a few minutes ago before I, I started recording. So I now have one functioning window in my Buick and the other three are held up with either duct tape 
or uh-huh. little cushions. So there you go. Yep, I know it well. I, I'm gonna be using the air conditioning when it's 60 degrees out because it's so damn hot in my car. It's ridiculous. That's, that's right. But sir, um, today, actually, what I I wanted to know, do you want to talk about your uh, your recent uh, news that happened to us that didn't work out? Do you want to announce it to the people because I'm kind of excited, or do you want to keep that on the download, sir, and not talk about that? You know, if what it I'm... is what I think it is, I want to wait. Okay, sounds good. I want to wait till it it actually happens. Okay, sounds good. Well, I figured today, sir, due to the fact of uh, you know you're high as a kite and uh, I'm <laughs> I'm sicker as a dog, I think we'll uh, we'll cut the the news section out for the first time ever on STL. Unless it's a bonus episode, just so that way I could save my voice for the review. And besides, other people say that I do worthless news and it's all speculation anyways. And <laughs> who gives a crap? So, you know, those people are idiots. So, yeah, I think we'll just skip that for today and we will move on into uh, the review of uh, Revenge of the Nerds. What do you think, sir? I love it. All right, let's do it, sir. Star Wars. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. The Sound of Music. In the tradition of these great films about fighting back against the odds, 20th Century Fox presents another milestone in motion picture history. Revenge of the Nerds. 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 Nerds! What is a nerd? (laughs) They've been laughed at. Picked on. And put down. I'm not kissing a nerd. They don't have the moves. Or the muscle. You know karate? Uh, No, good. But they've got the brains. I know what we're gonna do. It's time for the odd. (laughs) To get even. Their action tonight demands an immediate retaliation. How many cameras do we have left? This should do it. Oh, here she comes. Go up, go up. Oh, no. That nerd saw me naked. Nerds as good as you. Revenge of the Nerds. Their time has come. I drink to that. Tonight to do a show for you. 
We got a rockin' rhythm and a high-tech sound That'll make you move your body down to the ground We got Poindexter on the violin And Lewis and Gilbert will be joining in We got Booga Presley on the mean guitar And a rap by little old me, Lamar We got Takashi beating on his gong The boys and the moves are clapping along And just when you thought you seen it all Along comes a lambda four foot tall So won't you come on out here on the floor So we can work our bodies like never before Show me your cards. Okay, two and four kings. That's good, yes? No, no, you got too many kings. Oh. So you gotta get rid of these. Here, oh. we'll take three of these kings out, and we'll replace them with three fresh cards. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. okay. Here we go. When do I deal? Well, you gotta win a hand first. So, Revenge of the Nerds, man. I, I'm really excited. This was, you know, not part of the vote that we had originally. Um, you know, we threw up after Indiana Jones, what do you want to hear? Everybody said true lies. And then we did some quick change, which was, uh, you know, it, it was fun, you know, normally pulling back the curtain, you and I, we kind of re-listen back to our episodes and most of the time we'll either text each other and say, yeah, that was really good or, you know, or it was really terrible. And that was one of the episodes where like, yeah, that was kind of terrible, <laughs> but other people seem to like it, which it was, was kind of flat. Yeah, it was kind of flat, but uh, Revenge of the Nerds is a series, and what I mean by series, I mean one and two, that I really love, I grew up on, and it was uh, something I wanted to do, because you know, we've been getting all these multiple movie requests lately, and I'm this is one series where I can say that the sequel is superior to the first movie, but that being said, I think the first movie is fantastic, and I can't wait to talk about it. So what is your history with uh, Revenge of the Nerds, sir? Um, I just I grew up loving nerds, man. Had it on uh, VHS. Used to love this one. And um, What's VHS? <laughs> What's VHS? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, just I always loved this movie. It was kind of one of the first... Uh, it kind of, I guess, the first raunchy comedy that I got my hands on. This and and Kentucky Fried Movie were kind of the first ones that I got a hold of. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to talk about two next episode because I I was thinking about it. I don't think I've seen part two since I want to say like 1992. Really, it's been a long time since I saw that movie, so I'm looking forward to rewatching it. Yeah, number two. Uh, when it comes to one and two, I will always watch number two over one. I mean, number two for me, superior. Uh, you know, music, uh, story, cast, jokes, everything is a million times better. That being said, this movie is fantastic, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. So I'm actually excited because it'll kind of be a new perspective. You know, like with Neanderthal Jones, I was a new perspective and you were the old perspective. So I think that's going to be super fun when we talk about, you know, next week about uh, Revenge of the Nerds 2. I think that's going to be super fun, man. Sure. So that being said, with this movie, um, you know, this is rated R. And 
I never saw the R-rated version until 10 years after because <laughs> I always saw this on TV. So there were multiple things that are in this movie that obviously are not in the edited for TV version. Mm -hmm. uh, so needless to say, they were pretty shocking when I eventually got to her. I'm like, oh, that makes sense now. Uh, so I can't wait to talk about that. But, you know, this comes from one of our favorite time periods of all time, sir, 1984. The greatest. It's uh, it's so funny, man. We just keep rolling down this 1984 train. It's good times. <laughs> uh, so this movie, man, has a lot of great people in it, great characters. When the movie starts off, man, um, we get introduced to Gilbert, which Mama's is... Mama's boy, Gilbert. Yeah, Mr. Anthony, uh, Anthony Edwards. Now... When I watched this, this was after I had watched High School USA with uh, Michael J. Fox and all the Nancy McKean, all the kids of the 80s. And right. in that movie, Anthony Edwards is the douchebag. So I had a very hard time liking him oh, yeah? watching this movie. I really did because it was really the only movie where he was ever a bad guy in. And he was so good at being so bad. So what do you think of Gilbert in this movie, man? Starting off with Anthony Edwards, what do you think? Gilbert's great, man. He's he's just he's a mama's boy. He's you know, he's the kind of your prototypical nerd. He's, you know, nineteen eighty four, kind of really the dawning of the home computer, and he's, you know, a big computer geek, knows how to do all kinds of things on it, which I always thought as a kid, I was kind of a computer geek myself. I thought that was really cool. Like, oh, how does he know how to do all that stuff? Right. You know, but I think it, out of all the nerds, I think it's pretty obvious that he's kind of, I don't know, the most normal, quote unquote, out of them all. Yeah. You know, that can make a transition. Um, yeah, I love Gilbert. I love Anthony Edwards. So. You know what I love about this movie is how crazy it is for 2014. This, you know, what, 30 years later, right? Mm -hmm. And... This movie is all about the hatred of nerds. And in today's world, if you are a geek or a nerd, you're cool. Yeah, you know, everybody who, wants to be called one. Who, whoever would have thought that 30 years later, this movie would be, you know, I, this is definitely a time capsule movie where you could see when it wasn't cool to be a geek. When it now wasn't, there's conventions with tens of thousands of nerds at them. Yeah, and. And you get and the cool people get pissed because they can't go. They want those cool costumes. You know, they want they want to make better costumes than the ones that they see people at Comic-Con having. You know, I know I get jealous. I'd be looking for that stuff up on eBay. Four hundred dollars for one mask. You know, it's like it costs a thousand dollars just to get a whole entire suit. So this is what I really enjoy about this movie is the whole time capsule portion of it to really show you. I mean, obviously it's a fictional movie, but it's true for its day. 30 years ago, being called a nerd was not something that you wanted to hear, which is why in school, because I got picked on a lot, I took the word nerd and I changed it to never ending radical dude anytime somebody ever said it to me. And that was my way of kind of standing up for myself to not to not be picked on because I mean, I got picked on to the point where I was in high school, and I think I've told this story before, but my my second week in high school, I kind of went to, uh, you know, on the south side of Chicago, there's not many great high schools. 
uh, that you can get into unless you have a great, great point average. And I did not, unfortunately. And uh, I was in music class. And one of the gang members of the school uh, was very embarrassed to sing. So I, you know me, I try to be the funny guy. At lunch, I went up to him and I was like, hey, are you going to sing today in music class? And he looks at me and says, are you going to shut up today? I didn't think anything of it. It wasn't until the next day that they all grouped around me in music class. And then they uh, threw basketballs at my face in gym class, actually knocked me out at one point. And then I would get beat up at school and eventually got to the point where my parents pulled me out of high school and I, I finished the rest of my high school years uh, through uh, Christian homeschool. Uh, and I actually did really good and I actually graduated two months before my senior class, which is really cool. But I was a nerd in the aspect of I didn't fit in. I got picked on. So this movie really, really speaks to me and I'm sure speaks to a lot of people. And, you know, it's cool that 30 years now, the things that I, that I still love, people enjoy and it's it's cool. It's not something I have to worry about. Am I going to get quote unquote picked on now? So sure. it's pretty cool. So moving on, sir. I guess I got to get off my soapbox there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robert Carradine. This guy is great. Uh, he didn't want to do the movie uh, like most of the guys in this movie, but uh, you know, just starting out and you need the cash. I'm glad he did it, man, because Lewis is a great character and the laugh is is iconic and of course gets better in, in part two but i don't want to talk about that too much what do you think of robert carradine son of mr kung fu carradine right. so right. what do you what do you think of robert carradine sir uh i dig him in this man i really like lewis and uh um kind of get into it more as we get into this but i really i really like lewis i love the dynamic uh, between he and his dad, was it David Cornwall? David Caldwell? I can't get this. Oh names. man, um, it, his dad was, jeez, uh, Jimmy Caldwell, Bobby Cornwell. Anyways, yeah, some, yeah, we know who you're talking. Oh yeah, J- James Cromwell. There yeah. we go. There you go. That's who it was. <laughs> Tommy Timwell. We got um, we got our stuff together, people. Don't worry. Yeah. Anyways, I love I love those two. You know, they they fit very well. They're very well cast together. They look alike. <laughs> um, you know. James Cromwell is the guy who came up with the laugh. Yeah. Lewis. Yep. You know, and I, I, I think it's great because the thing I like about Lewis is that he, he doesn't realize that he's a nerd and he doesn't care what other people think about him. Right. Um, I, I just, I really dig that about him. He's eternally optimistic, you know, no matter what happens throughout the movie, what happens to him, what happens to Gilbert, He's always optimistic. He's always there to to pick up Gilbert and just hey, it's no big deal. Yeah, just like this. Like I'm there for you, right? To pick you up and tell you it's no big deal. <laughs> you got an amputated arm. It's okay. You got another one. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I so of all the characters in this movie, Lewis is my favorite, just because he he has such a great perspective, and you know, like I say, he he doesn't care. He doesn't take what uh, if all these jocks and cool guys do. He never really takes it personal, which I think is really cool. Right. So, you know, those are the two guys that we meet in the beginning of the film. You know, we have Gilbert who doesn't want to go to college. He's a little bit worried. And of course, Lewis comes in, cheers him up. 
And when they when he pulls the bed covers off of him to see that he's actually ready, that's the first time you get his iconic laugh, you know. <laughs> and and it's when uh, as we were talking about James, uh, you know, James Cromo. He's only in the beginning. He only takes the guys and drives them to college. But I, I love all the quote-unquote nerd talk about how long it's going to take to get there with bathroom breaks and everything. I really enjoy that. But one of my favorite lines is like, all, all you college guys are the same. All you want to do is get laid. I wish I was going with you. <laughs> and Lewis is just like, Dad, you know, took that really cool. I, th- I really enjoyed that. And I love this beginning song, the Revenge of the yep. Nerds song. Yep. You know, it's so 80s. It's so... Uh, it's so piano, you know, but it's it's so great. I love this it. This whole thing has a great soundtrack. Yeah, and as I was saying with part two, the soundtrack to part two is 10 times better than this soundtrack, and this soundtrack is a 10 out of 10. So I love every song, and the, 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 thing, the thing with this soundtrack is certain songs actually are played during the correct scenes and, and make the scene that much funnier when you're listening to the lyrics, you know? Yeah. Uh, as an example, like, let's have the girls have sex, and they're all sitting there at the party doing absolutely nothing, guys on one side, girls on the other, you know? It it's, makes it real funny. The music definitely does a big play into this uh, movie. And that's when you know you have a really good movie when the music really helps and stuff. So yeah. so, so go ahead. I was going to say, so, so the guys get to college. They get to Adams College. Can we can we talk about the world's biggest trunk that Lewis has? Oh, my gosh, dude. This He's, is an oh, It enormous. makes John Candy's trunk in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles look like a handbag. And at least we know what's in the trunk this time, right? <laughs> this is true. All a robot. Yeah. And this robot is uh, very cool. And almost the way it's shot when they open up the trunk, it feels like he just keeps going. It's like like Mary Poppins where she just keeps pulling stuff out of the hat. And you're like, where the hell is all that coming from? You're like, is he ever going to stop pulling stuff out of that trunk? I love it. I love that trunk. The two of them just struggling to carry it. And, you know, speaking of the dad, do you love his floods? That he was oh, yeah. wearing? I mean, that, dude, I have to admit, I think I used to wear floods. I don't know, man. Did you ever wear floods, sir? No, man. <laughs> me. You were the cool cat, right? I tight rolled my stuff. <laughs> you were a greaser, huh? Sure. Oh, man. I hate to admit the fact, but I I mean, I wore red pants. I wore green pants. I wore blue pants. So, you know, I can admit that. It's, it's okay. It's all within the last week. No. It was two, two weeks ago. Don't tell nobody. I just love Lewis's dad because you can tell that he is... You could tell he's one of these guys who's like a computer programmer, like one of the first guys to learn about computers. You can just tell the way I mean, the way Lewis is into building robots. You can tell that his dad is is all the way nerd, too. I just I don't know. I dig that. I think it's cool. Yeah, he's really good times. And granted, he's in it for what, five minutes. But yeah. he makes a definite a definite fun impact. Now, going back to the college. I like the fact of, you know, they're in their room, they're setting things up. And instead of putting up a girl poster, he puts up a computer poster. And isn't it like a Commodore or something like that? (laughs) I used to have one of those, too. Good stuff. But before they get in their room, they meet someone else on their way in. Oh, that's right. Who do they meet, sir? They meet Ogre. Oh, man. Nerds! Nerds! Now, here's why I love Ogre. Because of Bloodsport. You know, I... Yeah. Oh, Dudley Dawson... Or not Dudley Dawson, sorry. That's another character we'll talk about. But Frederick W. Pulowski, the Ogre, played by Donald Gibb, 
is excellent because he uh, he I guess had a beard and they told him, dude, you look too old, and he shaved and, and then he looked apart. And funny enough, he would go on to do those Viking commercials for the credit cards later on. You know, one, yeah. yeah. But I love Ogre Man. He's good good times, man. He's crazy. And what is he doing? He's holding a guy over like two two story high building yeah. and just drops them. <laughs> just kind of shaking him down or something. It's like and then you can smell nerds in the air. It's like you know Vanilla Ice and uh, Big or uh, Shug Knight. You know, Knight. there you go. So uh, what I love though is before they go to their dorm room and they got the trunk and they're knocking people over and having people crash. I love that scene, sir. What do you think? <laughs> it's good. Nerds, where are they? <laughs> I think they're talking about us. Yeah, I love that line. It's excellent. <laughs> now, uh, we get the uh, the the we get the alphas, you know, shortly after this. Yep. And they're playing the song Burning Down the House, yep. which is so iconic, of course, and they're all having fun. Love and what song. are they and what do they do? They burn down the house. So let's talk about this scene, sir, kind of setting up uh, of why the nerds will have to go where they have to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of the overall, our, our main villains of this uh, movie, sir? What do you think? Oh, man. Ted McGinley, all right, is so great as being the preppy jock prick. He's just, he's so good. You know, the head of the Alpha Betas. Um, you know, they're doing some fire breathing thing. And yeah. Dude lights the curtains on fire and up goes the frat house i guess in the script originally he was supposed to be a closet nerd but they i i don't know if it was filmed and there were deleted scenes uh, but that never came across yeah now you know we know ted uh made famous in mary with children you know which of right. course we never got to on cct Darcy. of course but i think he he'll actually come back for revenge of the nerds 3 but those movies don't exist but uh, he's definitely super fun. The cool thing is he's kind of like, uh, I wouldn't want to say a likable bad guy, but you don't hate his guts nearly as much as you do some of the other villains that we've talked about before. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just such a jerk. It's true. He's more of a jerk than he is a bad guy, you know? Yeah. And after they burn down the house, we get what? Mr. John Goodman, our, uh, you know, your, your boy, the guy that yeah, you love. a young John Goodman. Man, he is a complete ass in this movie, dude. He's so good. <laughs> the football coach who I love. The, I, okay, so I love this dynamic, right? So he's the football coach. He's the ultimate. He's the jock. He's very much the guy who is still stuck in high school, college days. You know, he... Failed athlete, became a jock. And I love the dynamic between he and the dean, yeah. who is obviously a nerd, sympathetic to the nerds. He yeah. is one himself and allows himself to be bullied by the football coach. The football coach tells him what's how the school is going to be run and, you know, kind of threatens him. I love that dynamic between those two. And so he basically tells the dean, well, you know what? We're taking over the freshman dorm then. And the dean... Because he's a nerd and terrified of him. He's like, I, I guess, whatever. Uh, you know? <laughs> you, you know what I love about this scene, though? Is while they're throwing guys out yeah. you know, through the window, at least they gave 
uh, Lewis and Gilbert tying the pack up the <laughs> pack up your robot. <laughs> I mean, seriously, how long would that have taken them to pack up? And that scene lasted like 30 seconds. I mean, oh. seriously. But, you know, it is what it is. It's no big deal. It's just a little nitpick. But I always found that funny. I always caught that. I'm like, well, at least they were nice enough to let them pack up their stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> They're considerate. Right. And, uh... We get the uh, – this is really where we get the introduction to the rest of the nerds, where we go right. to the school gyms, uh, gymnasium. So let's talk about our nerds, sir. Um, we get introduced to uh, Harold Wormser, who is the uh, the little you know, genius. Well, you're a wonder kid. Yeah, and uh, has one of the best scenes in this movie, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then we get uh, Mr. Poindexter, Timothy yeah. Buzzfield. And this guy usually plays a very smart guy. Uh, there's multiple movies, TV shows this guy is in. I love Poindexter, man. He is one of my favorites. He's good time. And I would have to say my second favorite nerd would go to Dudley Booger Dawson, <laughs> Curtis Armstrong. Of who, course. Who, of course, is Booger Tron in Supernatural, as uh, the fandoms like to call him. He has lived off of the Booger <laughs> character now for 30 years. <laughs> He's so good at it, though, man. He really he is. is. That's just what he is. You see him in another movie, you're like, oh, Booger's in this movie. Yeah, exactly. And I, what I really love is the chemistry between him and Takashi. You know, because uh, it's been noted the script, the script wasn't very, uh, very. I, I don't want to say written well, but there wasn't a lot of meat to it. So they were given a lot of permission to ad lib. So a lot of the best scenes in this movie are all ad libbed or made up or, or so on and so forth, which is excellent. And like one of them is between Booger and Takashi, which we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, I have to say, though, man, Lamar, you know, Larry B. Scott, I love me some Lamar. Now, you know, Lamar is probably the first gay guy I ever saw on TV. I don't know if that's... Hey, he's gay? I thought he was just playing boy. <laughs> and he would talk about how he had to be super badass in other movies so people didn't really think he was gay. You know, I mean, let's talk about the movies he was in. Space Camp. Yeah. He, he was awesome in Space Camp. He was awesome in Iron Eagle. You know, uh, of course, he's awesome in, in these movies. So, man, if I have to rate the nerds, I mean, of course I have a soft spot for Lewis, but I got, because Lamar, man, the dude is my rapper. That guy can, because I'm not talking to rap in this movie, which is really awesome. The rap in number two, baby, where he just, he deepens his voice and just tears it up. Oh, it's so good. I can't wait to talk about that next week. But Lamar could be my favorite of the nerds because he's just so funny, but it could be Booger. It's probably a toss-up between Booger, Lamar, and Lewis. It's really where I'm at. I can't pick one or the other, man. I love these guys. They're so good, man. So what do you think, man? Of all the nerds here, you don't have like a, a non-favor, right? You love all these guys? Love them all, man. Lewis is my guy. Okay. Lewis is your guy. Fair enough, man. That, that's good times. Do you like the Booger and Takashi crap that goes on in this movie? Dude, I, I love. I love the scenes where Booger's teaching Takashi how to play poker. <laughs> what Those the, crack me up. What the bleep is a frush? <laughs> I say that uh, we have a weekly card game that I've had for 10 years now, I think. And that line gets thrown out probably once a night for the last 10 years. Now, if, if you read what he says, evidently it's what the fruck is a flush, not F-U-C-K, but fruck. So it sounds like he says that. 
but in the movie it sounds like he's saying F-U-C-K. So I'm I'm not sure which one it is. What but the bleep is a frush. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, you know you got too many kings here. He's like, I have a two and four kings. I got too many kings. We gotta get rid of some of these. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I love Takashi because the guy he's so polite, he's so nice, and he swears one time in this movie. And I love it, man. It's so good, dude. So the gymnasium scene, really good. John Goodman yells at everybody, grab your your cot. And what I love is when the lights go off and everybody starts to uh, you know, say goodnight to one another. Walton's good night. Yeah, and Booger does his burp and everybody starts laughing. And I look, excuse me, why do they call you Booger? <laughs> I don't know, man. It, no idea. And he picks his nose. He doesn't need it, right? I swear I didn't see that. He, no. Just fix his nose. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank you. I love Takashi. He's good times. All right, sir. So after this, we get introduced to Betty, sir. Mm-hmm. Now, Betty is uh, who did not want to be in part two because uh, in the script, she was uh, cheating on Lewis. So she's like, my character did some character development in the first one. I don't want to do that. So I don't want to do it. And they're like, okay, fine. We'll go ahead and rewrite your character. And you won't cheat on him. And she still didn't want to come back. And then, in fact, Lewis is the one that actually cheats on her, so which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But what do you think of Betty, sir, uh, in this movie? It's kind of our, our female lead, if you will. She's okay. Yeah. She's not the greatest, right? No. I mean, I mean this is – Maybe a know, five? Yeah. I mean, having seen some interviews with her, this was her second movie ever. I think that's what she said. Like, yeah, you, you can tell. Yeah. She can sing, though. Sure. But, you know, she's mostly supposed to be there for she's the... She's just eye candy for the most part. Yeah, she's supposed to be there for all the sex jokes that'll happen on later uh, in the film and stuff. So uh, so we get the... Uh, after this, the guys decide they want, they want to be part of a fraternity, right? Right. They Well, to get out of the gymnasium, they say, you know, there's because we... You know, because of the fire and all this, we're going to open up... Um, the frats, you know, you can you can rush as freshmen, which isn't normal. Okay, great. So the frats all choose their guys, and our nerds are left behind. They're the guys that don't get it. It's like, well, we just gotta we gotta form our own or join a join a frat or we gotta do something. We gotta get out of this gym. And uh, <laughs> so first they try joining Alpha Beta because <clears throat> Betty sets them up. Yep. Oh yeah, no. Oh, you're Alpha Beta guys all the way. Yeah. You should go to the house. <laughs> I'll call ahead and let them know you're coming. And then Ogre answers the door. <laughs> I love Ogre's look, man. Real scary and creepy. But just He's got a cross eye. It's scary. Yeah. He just opens the door. Come on in, gentlemen. You know, good times. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what do they do? Have you ever slept with a woman? Yes. No. They throw water on him and call him liars. They hand him the condoms and then show him the sheep. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to need these. And then still Lewis, as you said, you know, the optimistic one still finds the goodness in Betty. You know, oh, Betty wouldn't betray us like that. You know, he he has good things to say about Betty, even though, you know, we know Gilbert knows it all. He's like, dude, right. clearly, man, she set us up, man. Just got to open up your eyes, son. But Lewis doesn't want to see it that way. Well, you know, and Lewis is a little naive, obviously. Obviously. But, you know, he, he is. He's just he, he sees the good in everything. So I, I like that about him. Now. I think my my favorite line outside of the the frush line is uh, they come back to the gymnasium. They're all soaking stuff, and uh, they say, um, "What is it? Big? Oh, did you get into the girls' pants?" 
And he goes, no, she's not that kind of girl. What kind of girl is she? She have a penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so good. I love Booger Man. This guy, he has like the best one-liners for sure oh, yeah. in this movie, man. And then I love the montage of them looking for the house. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course, Lewis finds his house. He's he he's got the vision in his head how great this house is going to look. Which of course it turns out to look fantastic. But we but it's condemned when he finds it. Right, exactly. What do you think of this montage, sir? Oh man, it's the '80s. You got to have a good montage of people cleaning things and painting things, and yeah, you know, yeah, it's good. You and, know, they they clean up this house and kind of <laughs> that only starts the fight now with the Alpha Betas. Right now, now this is where Booger is introducing the guys slowly to weed, right? Right. Because uh, at this point, who's hit? Who's hit the pipe? Uh, who was the guy that was painting that eventually took the? He's like, I don't feel nothing, and then he fell over. Who was that? that? Was is that Takashi? Takashi. Okay, he's like, you you feel anything yet? No, I don't feel nothing, and then it falls over. Okay, yeah, because it's not Poindexter doesn't do it until the party. Right. That's the first time he does it, which is great. One thing I want to say about Poindexter, I love his scream more than any sound effects in these movies. His scream is fantastic. And I guess he got that scream from an ex-wife or something. I don't know. He got it from his. No, he got that scream from listening to his neighbors have sex. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I, I had actually seen something about that, and then when I rewatched this the last time, you, I guess you can, you can hear the director laughing before that scene cuts, and so I listened for it, and sure enough, yeah, it's it's when uh, they're watching the video, and yep. he does uh, number, you know, he he does something in his pants, and he screams, and then you, all the people in the background had to cover their mouth, but you could hear the director, you know, laugh a little bit, which is true. I read the same thing, and I went back and checked it out, and sure enough. It was there. It's good times. But, of course, that happens uh, later on and stuff. Right. So the house looks beautiful, good times. They got their place, and then they get something through their window. And it says, uh, what does it say? I forgot. What What did the brick say? Something about uh, get out now, nerds, or yeah, something like something that? Yeah, something like that. Something about, yeah. Get out now, nerds. And uh, they go to the police, and they're like, okay, look, we got we got problems with these guys. And the cop actually is really cool with them. It, he doesn't, you know, criticize them or call them nerds or anything. He's just like, you know, I know it's a problem, but unfortunately I can't do nothing. It's out of my jurisdiction. Got to take it to the Greek council. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool. You know, we're, it's cool to have sympathetic characters in here That's where you don't have everybody against the nerds, you know. It, at least you have some people that are for them, which is really cool. And, you know, it makes it even that much better of an underdog story, if you will. So I, I love the little cop there. It was really cool. And then they have to go to, uh, you know, that's where they find out what's his face is the leader of the council. Um, and they get rejected basically. I mean, the right. guy, the guy doesn't want to turn. They want to get membership group. into the, into the, the Greek organizations on campus. And they're quickly voted down. Because they sent their picture, yeah. Yeah, so now we got to find some chapter that'll take us in. (laughs) And they they get accepted by the Lambda Lambda Lambdas, the Tri-Lambs. Now, of course, not... Not at first, though. They they have to go on a trial basis because... Well, right, but I mean, they're the only ones who even respond. Exactly, right. Yeah, come, come meet us. And when they meet them... You know, of course, it's all a bunch of brothers, which is all good. Right. But, but it's a black fraternity. Yeah, it's all great. And 
you know, the main guy, I love this guy. He's great. Mr. Je- you know, Jefferson, UN Jefferson. Yeah. And he, he, he's trying to be respectful, but he's like, dude, you guys got to leave. And of course, Poindexter, he points it out, baby, that you got to take us on a trial basis. And the guy next to him's like, yeah, we got to do it, man. It's the rules. And he's like, oh, crap. My laws. <laughs> and he's like, dude, we'll throw a party for you. You know, it'll be good. And I love Lamar. He's like, we won't discriminate against any uh, sexual <laughs> gender, uh, which is great. And then they, we get the party, man. So let's talk about this party. We get introduced to pretty much the moves, if you will, shortly before right. that. Uh, Lewis, or no, Gilbert, met this girl uh, at a computer, and that's where you got to see all these really cool um, graphics. Graphics, Yeah, which is awesome. You know, I wish I could just go up to my computer and make it do that. I don't think that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> I used to I used to do some programming back in the 80s. As a, granted, I was a kid, but I was, I was a kid genius. Heck yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember you ever being able to just type the computer and things that look like you show up on the screen and start moving around that quickly. You mean like the drug that doesn't allow alcohol to affect your system? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's definitely an easy pass, if you will. I mean, let's face it. People back then did it. They thought computers were either God or the devil. So they didn't know that, oh, a computer really couldn't do that. You know, they were probably like, oh, wow, that's either so cool or like, oh, wow, that's really scary, you know. <laughs> but it works for this film. So we have Booger who's like, we can't call the moose over. And what he says something while he's picking his nose, but I can't remember what the line is. I don't is. remember. It's something like they're disgusting and he's picking his nose <laughs> when they come over. So we have, uh, we have Mr. Jefferson over with his buddies. And we got the party going on. And uh-huh. there really isn't a party, even though that song I was talking about, about, uh, you know, girls and guys, let's get together and get busy. And guys are at one side of the room and girls on the other side. It is a lame party. Very but lame. <laughs> it's nothing a little weed can't fix. <laughs> <laughs> I love, love this scene, dude. This is so good. When Thriller kicks in, man. Oh, yeah. So good, dude. We have Lamar killing it. We got Poindexter, who's just like, I got nothing. And His then, dance is the best. And then, and then it kicks in. I love it. Uh, and then we get Lewis, who... Th- I This is what I really like about this scene, is that it kind of sets up for later on when he's with Betty, you know, where he kind of knows what he's doing because of the fact he's already had this experience, which, you know, clearly he lost his virginity here, but at least it makes sense when he's with Betty later on, you know, but Uh it's kind of cool though, that, you know, the guys are having some fun and that uh, girl jumps on top of point Dexter and he does his little scream and stuff. (laughs) And you have Mr. Jefferson who doesn't want to dance, but, He's tried so hard not catches to catches himself getting into it. Like, oh wait a minute. Yeah. Now, when the uh, when the pigs come in and you know it tears things down, and of course uh-huh. they're really humiliated. I think at this point, even though they don't show it, I think Jefferson is starting to have a little sympathy towards him. What oh you, yeah, obviously. I mean, of course he doesn't fully accept them at this point, but uh, I mean that is definitely devastating, man. Where you have a bunch of those dudes out there make fun of you, they all moon you and stuff. And then they take off and, uh, you know, we're like, what are we going to do, man? Now they're never going to take us. And, of course, they think we have to retaliate. 
Is this your favorite scene, sir, where the nerds go in and retaliate against the girls? It 100% is. Okay. I love the Mission Impossible scene where where they install that super inconspicuous camera. Right. They drill a, like a four-inch hole in the wall <laughs> and put like, an early 80s video camera with like, a four-inch lens on it. Oh, my God. It's so, like, what? How could you not see that? Yeah, it's like, oh, don't worry. I got a silencer on it. They'll never know. <laughs> I, I love it. Oh, man. And I love Lewis just chilling out in the shower, man. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's so creepy. <laughs> His face when she pulls back the shower curtain. He just screams. He's like, ah. Oh, man, that is funny. I love it. Now, uh, you know, keep in mind that... You know, I this is the TV version I'm watching here. So the scene that happens after this is either one cut completely or two. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so, you know, and of course, one of the uh, ad lib lines is uh, when they run away. You know, we love it when you're angry. That was one of the ad lib lines. But the ultimate revenge is the fact that they're going to spy on the girls, you know. Yeah. So. I'm not going to say this is the first full frontal nudity movie, but it had to be one of those earlier movies, dude. I mean, it really had to be. It's kind of shocking for its time. Well, yeah, this was, you know, this was around the same time, I want to say, as Porky's. Um, and kind of the first of the first wave of R-rated comedies, you know? As, uh, as we would say today, rom-coms, right? Well, no, rom-coms is romantic comedy. Oh, yeah, good. Sorry. Yeah, po- okay, Porky's was 1982. This was 84. So, okay. But, yeah, I mean, this is like the early wave of the raunchy R-rated comedies, um, you know, that would kind of really make a lot of headway, especially nowadays with, like, American Pie French and pretty much every teen comedy now. But, right. yeah, this was, like, the first time that I saw this, like, on a on a video cassette that I could rent at the video store. I was like, holy crap, I can't watch this with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know what's funny? You take out this you take out this scene, and really, even with the two F bombs, this movie's PG thirteen. Right. Because the next movie's PG thirteen, it's because there's no nudity in that one. But the whole purpose of the R rated has to be on this scene alone, obviously. Uh, because of the you know, you can show boobs even in PG thirteen. But you can't show the other area <laughs> and uh, get away with PG-13. And, uh, yeah, th- this was insane, man. Ten years after I watched this movie and I and I saw the uncut version, I was kind of shocked. I was like, whoa, that's what got cut out all this time, you know? And, uh, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> well, they, they are sitting up all night. All night. And we have Lamar. Watching their, watch, basically, what nowadays is a webcam. Right. Just spying on the girls, eating nasty cereal and beer <laughs> everywhere. And, and worms are, haven't you had enough? No. And he just smiles. <laughs> you guys been up all night watching this? Yes. <laughs> uh, and then we have Takashi. I'm tired of looking at Tibeti. <laughs> and then he's like, how could you get tired of that ass? Oh yeah, good point. You know, <laughs> it's it's crazy, man. But you're right. the The whole Mission Impossible music just makes that scene so good, and it's the ultimate revenge. And then you kind of think it's over. Nope, we got to go to the guys now. And right. what and what do they what do they do? Something that is classic yeah. and great, and uh, and that's 
throw in basically hot crap in their job. Liquid heat. Liquid heat. Basically, yeah. you're 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 Ben Gay. You're icy hot <laughs> onto everybody's jocks. <laughs> um, I love it too because so they get this liquid heat, this icy hot. They pour it on all the jocks, jock straps, and uh, another great ad lib is when Takashi's like, "Oh, we're making a salad." <laughs> <laughs> but, no, no, touch it with your fingers now. <laughs> so the jocks all get out there, and John Goodman's giving them the rah rah speech about homecoming is the most important game of the year, and they all start to one by one start itching. You feel it starting to kick in on them. I love only one man doesn't react to the liquid heat. Who's that, sir? It's Ogre. <laughs> Everybody starts freaking out. Ogre's just standing there listening to John Goodman with this rah rah. Rah, rah, and giving him this and that, and he says, all right, let's go out and do it, and everybody runs for the locker room. And the guys are there the whole time watching this, and in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, there's no way they would have got away in time without being busted by those guys, yeah. you know, because they only had, like, maybe four seconds to run away, because those those guys took off to the locker room, but... It was fun. Obviously, there was no after effect or anything like that. No. But but I love Ogre when he's like, yeah, and then he screams. And then John Goodman's like, damn, we forgot to have practice. And <laughs> that's another line that yeah. John Goodman just threw in. Yeah, that was awesome. Crap, we forgot to practice. <laughs> so <laughs> what happens after this, sir? Oh, this is another one of the best parts of the movie, man. We get we get the, the games, the oh, Greek games. Dude. I, this is to to this is my favorite scene of the movie. Yeah, the it's great. I mean, to this is to pick the new head of the council of the Greek council. Whoever wins the Greek games can choose, I guess, whoever who's the new council leader. And this is how they're going to get in. They have to overthrow uh, the alpha, the alpha what, betas. Alpha betas. There you go. I was going to say alpha bravo. I was going. Um, yeah, they got to overthrow the alpha betas. This is how they do it. They got to win. What I always refer to as the nerd games. Yep. So our first competition is the drunk race, basically. We're riding around the track. We got Takashi on a little bike, and they have to do one lap and chug uh, chug some beer, and Ja Goomben starts laughing about that. But Poindexter gives him this special drug that kills the effect of alcohol so you can just drink and not have any effect. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love, love the song that they're playing during this race yeah i don't know what it is i don't know what it's called but it works it's so good man it's like takashi's moment to shine and <laughs> it, it, what does that guy say to him uh he's he says f f to him and he's like oh thank you sir thank you <laughs> and uh takashi makes it all how many laps is it like 20 laps or something yeah, something like that and uh they can't stop me now and he makes it and they win the first one. So I think I think you get 10 points per competition. Yeah, so, the scoring is whatever. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 80s score. I mean, just like, you know, in Karate Kid with the with the tournament, you know, it's like Daniel just like, you know, really moved up there, but you know, whatever, that's another movie. That's that's 80s logic when it comes to these tournament things. There's always sure. some mess up there. But the next one is the uh where Arm they got wrestling. No, they got Ogre on the thing that they got to try to push him off, remember? Uh, the bull ride thing, remember on the ropes? They got, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the first guy on there was, what, Poindexter, and he lasted like maybe three seconds, and he got yeah. thrown off. And they have uh, Ogre on there just chilling with the oh, that big cup of beer, man. He's like, ah, these guys. It's a big trophy. Yeah. Just full of beer. These guys aren't going to do nothing. 
And then what? The next one is the arm wrestling, right? Right. And uh, this is pretty crazy, man. What do you think of this scene, man, with the arm wrestling? It's great, especially when Ogre gets matched up against the Moo. Oh, man. I, I was actually shocked. I'm like, dude, they let girls up in here fight against the guys? I, I thought that was really Who cool. Who on the nerds is going to do it? Well, true enough, man. Booger. Booger's the only one. Uh, the, he wins the, one. Right. Well, <laughs> through surreptitious circumstances, pick your nose and go for it. Yeah. Now, what I really dig is, is that, you know, during this whole thing, nobody's really cheering for the nerds. But when they get to the tug of war and when they let go and the alphas fall and we have Wormser say, you win, they started getting a little bit of cheering. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it's like they're starting to get the momentum built up and stuff. And then after that is the the javelin, right? Uh, You've got the belching contest. Oh, dude. Now, the bourbon number two is outstanding, but this one was really good. And I guess for the sound effect, they use a camel burp to do this or something like that. That's what I read. But uh, Ogre, man, this is a wuss of a burp, man. Yeah, that's not good. It's terrible, right? It lasts for not even a second, right? If that. Weak. Weak sauce is what I call it. Yeah. And we have Booker showing up. And he does his burp, and it must be a good four or five seconds. And then uh, the crowd loves him, man. They're like, yeah. And that's when things start turning around for the nerds, man. Right. What happens after this? Is this the javelin thing? Then we get the javelin. Okay. So what do you think about Lamar's uh, javelin, sir? <laughs> uh, was it Lewis is a master of aerodynamics, and, <laughs> and he builds his javelin to uh, to uh, take for... advantage of Lamar's limp-wristed throwing technique. Yeah, that's what he says, <laughs> limp-wristed, yeah. <laughs> and now um, – the when the alphas are throwing the the javelin for the first time, the first guy that they show, I swear, is the bad guy in number two, the one that'll be the main bad guy in number two. All right. So, when you watch number two next week, go back and watch the first guy that throws in the javelin and tell me if it's the same guy, he, which would be the guy from Adventures of Babysitting and Mike. Uh, you know, too cool, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I swear it's him, man. It looks just like him, but I can't, I can't confirm nor deny. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I need your opinion on that, sir. But right. Lamar, you know, they play the really cool music, and uh, he throws that sucker, and it barely beats uh, uh, Stan's. Javel and they win and he just starts running all you know flamboyant it's great i love it and then we get uh what happens after this is this where we get the music then it transitions to the carnival oh yeah i thought that was a weird transition because like all these games and it's like what's the next event kissing booth what is that an event (laughs) oh yeah yeah you're right i always thought that was weird because it was like there's like no transition there it's like, all right, they won the javelin. Sweet, what's next? Kissing booth. That's an odd competition. Yeah, good point. You would think that this, you're right. I never thought about that. It is kind of a weird transition. You would think this would be prior to the games, right? Because Something like that, yeah. Because the music should be what, uh, what ends it. But they did say that this is part of the thing, you know, and this is what transitions to the music. But yeah, it, now it's like a fundraising thing all of a sudden. Yeah. 
So this is a fun scene. Of course, the edited for TV version, I had no idea what was in the pie. I'm like, what's so big deal? What's the thing about the pies? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't even see what they're looking at. Like, <laughs> no. I'll tell you why they're buying these pies. Why? I had, why? Tell me why. I had no idea, dude. And I, I don't know what it was, why I could never. Because, I mean, I'm at this age, I'm watching horror movies. I'm seeing people decapitated. Nudity is not a big deal. I don't know why I never went and got the original. I was just so used to watching it on TV. I just figured, ah, one day I'll get to it. And when It'll I finally did, what? It'll corrupt a young mind. Yeah. And when I when I finally saw what the pie was, it was this huge revelation. I'm like, now it makes sense why they won. Because I could never figure out what was so special about those pies. Because you don't see the whipped cream until you see the reveal. So I'm just, I thought they were like lemon pies or something like that, you know? <laughs> They make really good pies. Yeah. <laughs> That's my pie. Oh, man. And then uh, during this is when we have Lewis and Betty seal the deal. And, Lewis is uh, going to get some. Yeah. He gets lucky. And, uh, she, at, you know, she's been disgusted by Lewis this whole movie. But at this point is when he's like, you know, jocks only care about sports. All we care about is sex. And she totally sees that, kisses them, and they are good and there we talk what? about this moon room that I always wanted. Oh yeah, dude. Seriously. <laughs> this this room is awesome. I always wanted a moon room with a waterbed floor, basically. I that mean thing's pretty awesome. This thing is like it's like a big hot air balloon, basically, right? So I'm like, I always assumed I always uh, like that's like a waterbed for a floor. Pretty cool. Man, I hear you, dude. I always wanted to find like a carnival around my nick of the woods. And see if I could find one of these things. Nobody ever had it, dude. Trick some unsuspecting young girl in there. <laughs> hey, man, I wasn't a ladies' man until I got married. So I don't care. I'll put on a Darth Vader mask if that's what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love this moon room. Yeah, you're right. It's awesome, dude. And it's, speaking of which, it is kind of like a Darth Vader mask. You don't think they got it's it. A, they even throw in, at one point, they throw in kind of a Darth Vader breathing sound that he's doing. They want you to think that it's a Darth Vader costume, but they can't use that. Now, funny enough, my science project had a Darth Vader mask and two Stormtrooper masks. True enough. And would get in trouble later, but they still are able to keep it in the films and release and everything. But, you know, my science project did it. Why can't Revenge of the Nerds do it? You know, <laughs> I don't know. So then we get the after the carnival scene is where they start dressing up, where the guys start dressing up like girls and we get the stupid jokes. The, the musical skit competition. Oh, man. Those jokes are terrible, sir. <laughs> it's awful. I wasn't it's guys even, who have no sense of humor writing jokes. I wasn't even laughing in the 80s on these jokes, man. <laughs> it's so, a really poor Abbott and Costello routine. Now, the uh, when the music scene hits for our nerds, mm -hmm. which I have no idea what this song is called, but it starts off... Kind of skillet style, right? We got some violin up in there, and then we get the guitar in there. So me and you, we're feeling this already. Oh, I love it, man. It's a big performance. It is, but the funny thing is if you if you go back to the prior scenes with Poindexter, everything he's playing on the violin is this scene here, just slower. He's trying to figure out how he's going to play. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of caught that after like the fifth time I watched it. I'm like, that's what he plays later. And then I, would, I actually read... Uh, like uh, trivia and stuff, and I was able to confirm that, which I thought was really cool. But uh, this musical scene, dude, is awesome. And what I love is, is that whenever Lamar, uh, you know, in this movie and in part two, when the guy is behind the mic, 
There's no flamboyant. It's just him tearing it up. I love it, dude. It's awesome. I love it's. There's so many nods to great, especially '80s musicians. I mean, you have you have Lewis and Gilbert in their full on Devo gear, which I loved. Um, yeah, Booger out there rocking his Elvis jumpsuit with the guitar. Yep. You, know, you got Takashi and his village people <laughs> in costume banging a gong. You know, and then you got obviously. You got Lamar coming out in his full-on Michael Jackson thriller jacket. Now, who's Poindexter supposed to be? Uh, Billy Idol? I, no, I don't know, man. I don't know if he was supposed to. Uh, I have no idea. He's he, that one. He's playing a little Herbie Hancock style, but I don't know. Okay. So, on a scale of one to ten, what do you rate this song, sir? I love it. I love it. Uh, I, it's it's eight and a half. Eight and a half. Fair it's enough. So much fun. For me, no one 15, the one in number two is a 10 out of 10. So this one I give a 9 out of 10, man. I love this. There you go, baby. I cannot wait till we talk about part two, man. I love that song. I still listen to that like like once a month. I throw in no one 15, so it's good times. But this scene is awesome, man. It's really cool. And what really wins the uh you know wins the crowd over. Because of course, we didn't talk about it, but uh, Lewis calls uh, Jefferson after the jock incident to say, yeah, we put stuff in their jock. And that's what made them, you know, I'm glad you nerds. I mean, guys stood up for yourself. Yep, so yep. they're officially Lambda, Lambda, Lambda uh, during, which obviously mean if you figure that out because they're in the games and stuff. But uh, it's really, really cool that the crowd now at this point, it, like music has a way of changing people. You know, it's like you, if you have somebody who you just, for example, I guess a um, a fun one would be, what's the Jennifer Love Hewitt movie? Uh, Can't hardly and wait, right? Hardly wait. And you have the nerd guy from Dick Tracy, who everybody just can't stand, and he does the musical number at the party, and everybody loves that guy. He does you know? a Welcome to the Jungle. Yep. Is that so, what it is? oh, dude, what? No, it's uh, oh, is it uh? <laughs> Paradise City? I swear no, it's Paradise City because it's on the soundtrack. There you it's, go. it's Paradise City. And that musical performance had all the ladies loving the nerd, baby. You know, and that's what this musical performance does. It changes everybody over. Betty officially breaks it off with uh you know, with Stan. And then they think they won. I mean, this really is kind of a in a way, a good way to end the movie, right? Sure, you think so. Yeah. But we still have like a good 20 minutes left. So we have John Goodman call the boys in and he tears them a new one, man. Let's talk about this, sir. Yeah. Uh, number one, John Goodman. Uh, he's I'm so glad he doesn't play a bad guy very much because he's very good at it. <laughs> he's awesome as a bad guy, man. He is. Uh, you ever watch Damages? He's not a nice guy on that show. He plays it convincingly. Yeah. And gives a really good speech. I mean, if I was, you know, if he was my coach, I'd want to go tear somebody's house down after that speech. Heck yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's what he does, man. He basically says, you know, when your father held you in your crib or looked at you in your crib, you know. He's going to be a man. And you got beat by nerds. And his voice cracks as he's screaming it, just pissed, and gets the guys fired up. And they go and they tear up the house, man. It's kind of devastating scene, really, man. I mean, sure. talk about bringing the movie down. I mean, <laughs> right? You're like, hey, the nerds have finally did it. All right, they. Oh man, they just can't win. 
let's be honest. If if this really is the first time you've ever seen this movie, you're so pumped up from that musical performance and you're just like, yes, they did it. And then you see that their house gets trashed. You're just like, damn, these guys cannot win. They just got put back in their place. Yeah, it's like a slap in the face, you know? And this is the point where we kind of have the first fight between Lewis and Gilbert. It's not really a fight. It's just like kind of a serious conversation, you know, where one realizes who they really are and the other one doesn't, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, it's good times, man. And, uh, what do you think of the, uh, conversation between these two during this scene? I really like it, man. It's, it kind of cements how I feel about these guys. Um, I think, the, the the thing I like the most about this movie is the great friendship between Gilbert and Lewis. That it, it's just it's so innocent and true. You know, they they're Gilbert knows, you know, he's a little more hip to what is going on. And he knows what's going on. He knows that they're nerds. He knows that he's never gonna be cool. Yeah. And like I say, Lewis doesn't, and I like that their friendship is is a really kind of a yin and yang between the two of them. And, you know, this scene is really cool. Is It's just kind of, you know, sometimes your friends, you got to have a little come to Jesus moment, you know? Right, right. I agree. <laughs> like, look, here's what's going down. Now, from my understanding, when, uh, you know, Gilbert goes and he's going to have the confrontation, uh, pretty much this whole ending was kind of like ad-libbed, if you will. Just like yeah. the, the stuff that's going to be said. Uh, there's four words I have to say about this ending. And the four words are cheesy, but badass. Those are my four words for this ending because this is a total cheese factor moment of like, you know, coming together and, you know, we are the champions and all that stuff, which of course we are the champions became famous from this movie. I mean, let's face it, but there's so much truth that is spoken at the end here where, you know, uh, we have the guy stand up against John Goodman. What's that guy's name? The coach uh, or Dean. Or the, Dean. Yeah, the Dean's like, you know, he calls him an a-hole and pushes him back, you know, and that's when we have the brothers show up, you know, the land, the land, the land. They're like, don't you be touching him, you know, and uh, we have uh, Gilbert gets the mic and is able to just tell that the alphas are a bunch of trash and he's proud of who he is and he's never going to change. And then that's when we have Lewis come in and just say, look, you've ever been picked on. You know, everybody has felt like a loser at some point. Why don't you come join us? Being a nerd is OK. It just means you're human is basically what he's saying. Right. It's fantastic, dude. I mean, it really is cheesy when you hear we are the champions, but it's so powerful at the same time. It's still relevant, especially in this age where we deal with so much bullying with cyberbullying and kids still kill themselves over being bullied on Facebook and and being you know tortured in school and stuff. It's like it, it amazes me that nerds are so accepted today and it's kind of cool to be one, but yet I don't know if we're ever gonna get past the whole we gotta pick on other people to make ourselves feel better. Well it doesn't I, I don't think it, it matters because it's I mean Throughout history, I mean, for forever, there have always been those people who have to just be jerks 
and pick on people to make themselves feel better. Like you say, there's just, and it seems like it just gets worse and worse that, yeah, there's a lot of things are more accepting now. A lot of people are more accepting. Um, But with that, it seems like the bullying itself is kind of ramped its way up too. There's more ways to bully somebody. There's, you know, there's, it's more than just, Picking on somebody in the playground, and then you go home, you got to deal with it. No big deal. You know, I mean, it's, it's now it's, and it didn't get old you anyway. So it's, yeah, it's, we've come a long way in, in one way, but kind of taken two steps back in another way. Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, this is an uplifting way of looking at that. And if you want to have a bad time, go watch the uh, movie (laughs) Bully and feel really bad about society. Right. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not trying to to bring this review to uh to a down note, no. but I but I'm just saying that even in in this year, 30 years later, this movie still has a powerful message, despite the the fact it's R-rated and, and it's got a lot of raunchy stuff in it. It still has a very powerful message to it when you get to the end of the film that everybody can relate to. And that's, you know, that's the whole point of this film and why it still holds up maybe even more today than it did 30 years ago. I think it's pretty interesting. You know, I, I saw an interview with, uh, with the director, Jeff canoe, and he's talking about, this was his uh, second movie he'd ever worked on. The first movie he'd ever directed on his own. And it was kind of a favor from a friend. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw you some scripts. And he gave him this and he gave him some other terrible movie. And I can't remember. The third was another one that I knew. Oh, Bachelor Party was okay. the other one. Awesome. Other script he was given. And he's like, oh, my God, these are terrible. <laughs> you know, it's like, look, this is what you're going to get, man. You know, you're not going to get, you know, I'm not going to hand you on the waterfront. I mean, you gotta, you've never directed anything. You're going to get a campy, cheesy teen movie. Like, all right. So he turned down bachelor party and he turned on the other one and he's like well this one at least has something to it and he's like i can make something out of this and so yeah it is you know it is a raunchy teen comedy but he was able to find a script that had been around hollywood for a while and nobody wanted to do because it, it was just dumb and nobody wanted to be attached to it nobody wanted to work on this all the actors were like i don't want to be known as a nerd come on you know? yeah right and, and the fact that he was able to find a way to put some heart into this and make it stand the test of time so long is really impressive yeah i think that's the key word is heart i mean you and i have uh done some raunchy comedies for example like weird science i mean there's some kind of raunchy stuff in there but that movie has a lot of heart is crazy and ridiculous as it is it's still a super fun movie you know and this movie because of that heart factor is what helps it stand the test of time no doubt about it you know you know, for me, I've always loved this movie, but, you know, Revenge of the Nerds 2, I've always loved more. Uh, and it's hard to say that, you know, I, I don't want to say that this movie actually goes down a rating because number two is so much better for me. It's one of the few sequels where it's so superior in every single way, which I'll talk about when we get there next week. But I really love this movie. I, I would give it a solid four stars. No doubt about it. All right. Um, that's where I'm at. 
Um, the music is excellent. The characters are excellent. There's not anybody I don't like. I mean, Betty, there's no, she's got, she's got nothing on the girl in part two. Let's just put it that way. Miss, uh, summer school, Courtney, uh, Courtney Thorne Smith. Yeah. Oof. I can't wait to talk about her, sir. But, <laughs> uh Oh, yeah. Give me easy point, Dexter. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I love this movie. It's excellent. Uh, I always watch part two over part one, but this movie has reminded me of how great it is to be a nerd in 2014 and the ending alone is very powerful and still strong and has one of the best endings uh of recent memory of movies that we've done so good times what are you gonna do when i refuse to do the part two review Um, after all these teases and talk about part two what are you gonna do when i say no to reviewing part two i'll have to go solo i guess son (laughs) (laughs) i'll just drive down your house Uh uh-huh Oh, man. All right, I'm going to give you a score. So this movie, I love. I enjoy. I have a lot of uh, fond memories of it. And uh, to be fair, I mean, I, you know, I enjoy it. I love it. It's fun. But it's not necessarily a great movie. Um, so I give it a three and a half. Fair enough. Yeah. That's... I mean, it's it's fun. But as, as far as movies from its time go, it's... It's above average, but uh, just, just just in the year it came out alone, there's probably ten movies that I enjoy more. Oh yeah, I mean we're we're talking about you know the greatest film year in history, man. <laughs> that's come, right. Come on, but that's that's a fair enough, man. I I'm actually uh, excited for next week uh, to see what you think about part two, man. Uh, oof. So good, but uh, yeah, I think I think that'll do it. I think that's fair. Four for me, three and a half for you. Good time. So, mm-hmm. well, my throat is almost dead. So, uh, should we get into uh, hear what the STL Nation has to say, sir? Yeah, go ahead and read them. All right, let's do it. Okay, so uh, our first one, believe it or not, uh, when we uh, announced that we were going to do Revenge of the Nerds, uh, good old Larry, uh, somebody who has not wrote in for quite a while, he like 20 minutes after we put up Quick Change, he wrote in for Revenge of the Nerds. I'm like, dude, what did you do? Did you skip right to the end to see what movie we were doing next? He actually sent me a video file and it's him burping like, uh, you know, booger. <laughs> nice. So I'm obviously not going to play that, but uh, here's what he had to say. Uh, hey, Mike, hope you were serious about doing the nerd flick. This is appropriate for it. Uh, another will follow. Not sure what I like better. You decide. And both of the videos were him burping. So thank you, sir, for uh, sending me those videos. I, I quite enjoyed it. Hey, Larry, can we talk about something? Where, where am I in this? <laughs> you only say hi to Mike? <laughs> oh, man, good times. I like getting greeted. <laughs> Well, uh, I think you're about ready to be greeted, sir, Ooh, in, right. in this next email. And it comes from Jameson Rabbit. Hey. Yeah. And he writes in and he says about Underground Hour, puddle of mud control. Booyah. <laughs> that's, the, 
You want to name that tune, sir? Good job. <laughs> you didn't give me your clues though, man, for the night for the nation. So you're gonna have to write back in and give me your clues to stump the nation. Because the last song, the last time you won, you gave me a song I really dug. I had never heard before, and you really stumped the nation. It was good times. I think Tawana. Tawana was the one that figured that one out. Last I've got the I've got the song in my head right now. So okay. All right. All right. So the next email comes from Jameson Rabbit. He says, <laughs> Mike, you're a nerd. Keep rocking. Good times. <laughs> oh, good times, sir. All right. Our final email comes from Time Traveling Peter, just in the nick of time. Here's what he had to say. Greetings. As always. Greetings, Masunis, Jameson, and the STL Nation. Uh, it has been too long, and I hope everyone has had a happy Easter. Uh, I did have a happy Easter. My father-in-law got through all of his surgery. So thanks, everybody, for thoughts and prayers. Everything worked out great. He's finally home. So we spent Easter with him. It was a good time. So did you have a good Easter, sir? I had a wonderful Easter. It was a balmy 70 degrees up here. I loved it. Oh, uh, yeah. It was like almost 80 degrees, dude, up here. It was awesome. Very nice. And now it's uh, 39. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching Revenge of the Nerds a lot when I was younger when it was on USA or something, but I think it still really holds up. By the way, did you get my text about uh, Joe Bob Briggs from Up I All did. Night? Yeah. That, that answered a question for me. I, lo- I love that guy. I think it was well-written enough that the dialogue wasn't really cheesy and the jokes worked. I liked how racist they were with uh, Toshiro. Uh, I, I, is he talking about? Oh, yeah, Toshiro Takashi. Toshiro that, Takashi. Yeah, there you go. Like in the scene during the mini bike competition, anyone noticed he was wearing a yellow suit? <laughs> <laughs> and they played some Japanese music in the background. I really love the scene between him and Booger playing poker. What the F is a frush? Oh, you have too many kings. You got to get rid of these two. Oh, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. There's your two STL alumni's also. Uh, Toshiro voiced Leo in the first three team team movies, and Booger was in Jingle All the Way. Oh, yeah. Uh, the 80s were very cliche in these types of movies, and it was fun to see how many times have changed. How how times have changed. Being a nerd, a hipster is what it is. What it's yeah. Being a nerd, a hipster is what's in now. Something that's haven't changed are the jocks. You still have the ones that pick on people smaller or different than them. And there's your third blood uh, STL connection. Uh, Ogre who was in Bloodsport. Thank you, sir. I wonder if this movie started the trend with having 40-year-olds playing people in their early 20s. <laughs> right? Ogre just looks old. Your last STL connection is Lamar, who is in Cobra Kai. Very good, sir. Yeah. That's right. He was in Cobra Kai. He got uh, kicked by Bobby in the gymnasium and then got kicked by Daniel and the uh, tournament. And uh, there weren't any scenes I really dis there weren't any scenes I disliked. They were all pretty funny. Overall I give this movie a 3.75. It's been a while since I've seen the sequels, but maybe a rewatch of those could possibly bump it up or down. Can't wait to hear what movie is up next. And until the next episode, Time Traveling Peter. I think you've heard what movie's up next. Yes, Revenge of the Nerds 2. There will be no 3 or 4 or 5 or 6. The the series ends at number 2. So, All right, sir. Should we get into our last segment, which is uh, what movie am I? Yeah, sure. All right, let's do it, sir. Nobody steps on a church in my town. Okay, you people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn... Call the president. I shot him six times. I, I shot him in the heart. I... Calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... I'm Batman. Nice go. Thanks. 
All right, sir. So uh, I'm pretty excited for this episode's uh, What Movie Am I? Because this is really easy. I think you're going to get it because the score is three to two. Congratulations, sir. You're beating me. That's so, right. So here we go, man. Here is the scene. <clears throat> Clear my throat. <sighs> Excuse me, people. Podcast etiquette, I know, but forgive me. <laughs> All right. So here's the scene. We have uh, a bunch of guys that are hanging out. Uh, they're in their, uh, you could kind of say, big, huge dorm room, right? And they actually have a jacuzzi in their dorm room. So it's really, you know, really big and fancy. And they're sitting there uh, in their hot tub talking about a plan of what they're going to do next. But the important part of this scene is what's going on in the background. What's going on in the background is there is a guy that is urinating for one minute and 45 seconds. What movie am I? Dang. Hmm. Hmm. This does not sound familiar. Really? Hmm, yeah. I seriously thought you would get this in an instant. Hmm. Not so much. You got any hints for me? Tiny hint? Uh, the guys that are in the, uh, jacuzzi, they're uh-huh. part of a fraternity. All right. Part of a fraternity. But what makes the scene is the fact of what's going on in the background is a guy who urinates for one minute and 45 seconds. And that's not movie time. That's actual, uh, film time. I got nothing, man. I'm going to go with, uh... PCU. It's Revenge of the Nerds 2. Come on. I just told you I haven't seen this movie in 25 years. Oh. <laughs> this is where the guys are talking about getting revenge and Ogre is taking a piss for 1 minute and 45 seconds, dude. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, man. I figured I'm like, maybe I should give him the next movie that we're doing uh, scene but he'll get that instantly. But, you know, I figured, what the heck? Maybe you won't know it. So, Well done. Oh, man. So here we go. I got to get this in order to make a tie. So That's right. That's here, right. Here we go, man. All right. right. So our scene is uh, these two uh, these two guys are meeting up. They're, they're going to be future friends. They meet each other for the first time, though. Um, the one guy is at the other guy's house. He, he stopped at the other guy's house and the guy whose house it is starts digging through the other guy's suitcase. Starts kind of throwing stuff out, looking, looking through, rooting around his suitcase. And he's like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. What are you doing? Find something that he really likes. And a little back and forth ensues about whether he can keep it or not. What movie am I? Uh, the Jason and Jameson meeting. Oh man, um, I need a clue, sir. Let me think. Um, let's see. That will give it away. Uh, all right. So the two guys this is their first meeting. I'm, I'm gonna restate it just to make right. And they're gonna be future friends. Right. This is the first time they meet. One guy comes over to the other guy's house. Um, the guy whose house it is starts rooting through the other guy's suitcase. Throwing stuff around, find something that he likes. A little back and forth ensues about whether he can keep this thing or not. Um, the the here's, I'll give you a couple little clues. So the guy whose house it is 
is uh, much shorter than the other guy, and and uh, the guy who is visiting also has a friend and that is who gets in the back and forth with the short guy all right man um i will not be able to answer this one so you still have the lead son (laughs) (laughs) your movie is empire strikes back luke lands at yoda's house oh my god a flashlight that he wants, and he right. and R2 go into a back and forth over it. <laughs> wow, that is so good. Wow, I should have known that. For some reason, frequency would not get out of my head, and there's not a scene like freak. There's not a scene like that in <laughs> did frequency. You guess, did you say frequency last time? I I, I might have. <laughs> what can I say? I love that movie. For this for this scene when Tom Cruise was in under in his underwear, and Tom I Gun, did. And I said, said frequency. frequency. Yeah. <laughs> One day you're going to pick frequency and I'm going to say something else. You're going to go back to the future with it. Oh, man, it's terrible. All right, man. Good job. Three to two. Three to two still. All right. All right, man. Let's move into the music spotlight, sir. All right, sir. I got a good one for you. Have you heard the brand new Linkin Park single, sir? I have not. What do you know about this, sir? Because I am pretty excited. This Linkin Park uh, new Does it se- suck? No. All right. That, good. That's why it's the music spotlight, man. I I, I don't want to play a song that sucks as a music spotlight, man. That's never my intention, man. man. I'm not one to judge. I don't know. The new CD is called the Hunting Play, uh, the Hunting Party. It's coming out June 17th, but the single was released called uh, "Guilty All the Same." So the cool thing is, is we have a mixture of the old school uh, Lincoln Park mixed with the new Electronica sound. So okay. I dig it, man. I'd say right now, uh, on a scale of one to ten, it's a seven. It's a good time. I was gonna say, is it in your top five? Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's twelve song top five. Oh, my my top ten, baby. Which people <laughs> need to go check out that episode. True huh? enough, it's a good episode. Yeah, it's good times. So yeah, I really enjoy this song. It's good. Uh, it's kind of a good mixture of the old school, and new school, and uh, I really dig it. So uh, right now it's a seven, and I'm I'm looking very forward to this new Lincoln Park CD. I think it's gonna be super fun, man. So. All right. So with that being said, man, uh, why don't you tell us what we got in store for you coming up, man? Uh, I don't know. Let's see. I just had a new episode of Real Films come out. Uh, we have a, we're recording another one in the next couple of days. Yep. That'll be fun. Um, Movie Mojo Monthly, new episode will be coming out right after Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, looking forward to all that. Yeah, we both uh, covered Captain America, just not together. Right, right. Um, <laughs> that was what else? Uh, I'm going to be talking about Revenge of the Nerds 2 next yeah. week. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah, I can't and, wait. Uh, yeah, and uh, keep your eyes peeled on Facebook. I got some uh, something interesting coming uh, real soon. So yeah, excited about. Very excited, which uh, when you announce that, we'll give uh, our little story behind it. It'll be kind of funny. So We can talk about it in two episodes. We can talk about it. Excellent. I'm excited. All right. Well, uh, for me, 
Uh, make sure you check out the last Underground Hour episode. It's my top 10 songs of 2014 so far. Uh, it's pretty good time, pretty good fun times. Jameson, of course, guessed the name that tune. So you guys are now out of luck. You can no longer suck it, in. nerds. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and uh, for you, make some noise fans. I got an STL edition episode up. Uh, for those of you who listen to that show, you'll know what I'm talking about. For the STL edition, is good times. Uh, that was super fun. Uh, and I am super excited for next week. Hopefully, things in life remain. Uh, cool, calm, and collective, and we will get together, and we'll have no issues. Because basically, you got one week, one week to get your voice back. Yeah, because uh, Jameson and I can only record one night of the week because you know I'm Pretty busy. Small window. Yeah, I'm busy with family. He's busy with family, and on the weekends is when he records with Jason for real film. So really, uh, if it, we usually know like the day before, like, dude, are we good? Are we not good? We're at fifty-fifty. We're at seventy thirty. You know, whatever the case no, may no, be. No, no, no. My favorite is. Uh, my favorite is when we get the day of our recording and in the morning I get a 50, 50 text sent to me. And as the day goes along, I get updated percentages that always cracks me up. All right, dude, we're 70, 30, 70, 30 right now. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah it's looking like 90, 90, 10, 90, 10. Like I'll take 90, 10. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, we got to, you know, I don't oh, want it, it cracks me up. I love it every time. Okay, cool. So, uh, so I had a lot of fun in this one, sir. Hopefully the nation did as well. And uh, don't forget to, uh, if you like the, you know, I, I heard a lot of feedback, the two wrestling episodes I uploaded, Face versus Heel, and then uh, the when I had a chat, uh, talk with Ty, a lot of people like that. They're like, dude, you should do some wrestling stuff on STL. So I'm like, I don't know if me and you, sir, should do like a segment, like after every episode where we do like 20 minutes of wrestling with Jameson and Masudis. That'd be fun, man. I don't know. So The problem is I don't watch wrestling live. I watch it usually a week later. Oh, fair enough, man. That's what that's how I roll. Yeah, and I, I only watch... Did anybody email in wanting Ty to do another Star Wars episode yet? <laughs> I love how you guys brought that up. <laughs> I did. You know, because everybody knows if I'm doing Star Wars, it's either me solo or with you. That's how it's going to work. So <laughs> I, I'm still trying to bribe you to come along for episode four, five, and six. So, uh-huh. But uh, I, I think it's coming along. I think you're... I, I don't know. I think my bribery is is coming along. <laughs> every every man has a price. <laughs> so uh, super fun times. If you guys want to write in, please do so at stlpodcast at gmail dot com. Don't forget to the don't forget to go to the website stlpodcast dot com where you can find links to all the shows that Jameson does, Jason does, I do. And if you want to be part of our famous STL Nation Facebook group, yes, it's famous. Don't ask me why it's famous. It's infamous. Uh, you want to be a part of that, please do so. And I'll give you guys a little uh, – no, actually, I don't want to do that because I, I, I had some news about a, a person I contacted to be on the show, but we're not going to go there yet. We got to make sure we get full confirmation back that you know they've Correct. accepted the offer. So uh, kind of like you, sir, you have news, so I'll have to have mm-hmm. news soon. So um yeah man as it is it's my voice is officially, <laughs> it is. officially dying uh has your high come down sir from all the medicine you're on yeah man the painkillers are starting to wear off this is a real drag are you uh poindexter at that party <laughs> we'll talk about that off air yeah <laughs> all right man well uh thank you sir it was great talking to you hanging out man and uh i cannot wait for next week i'm very excited i i feel like I'm doing Indiana Jones again, except I'm you 
and you're me or something like that. Oh, man. Cats and dogs living together. I love it. Mass hysteria. <laughs> Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So you guys have a good one. Take care. Masunas out.
Can y'all explain what kind of land is this When a man has plans of being rich But the boss's plans is wealthy Filthy money scheme, a clean split Nonsense insane, even corporate hands is filthy Talk team and take the paper out Only think about bank accounts, assets, and realty Anybody's expense, no sin with a clear conscience No regrets and guilt free They claim that ain't the way that they built me Smoke screen before the flame No one soon has that door to deal with Say it's time for things to change Rearrange like good product we built cheap Anything if it's more the game Dream manipulated like artists is real deep Until the more remain But I'm still me Like authentic hip-hop And rock to pop and radio And record companies kill me They try to force me to stray and obey They got the call and say Yo, how real the real be? You feel me? You will see The green can be the blame Greedy for the fame TV or name Media the game To me you're all the same You're guilty
Thunder.